listeners, it's been one of those weeks where you think to yourself, I wonder what new thing is going to cause a fire on social media and make people think to themselves, gee, why did I open up this app today? At least in my case, I can't say it was social media, but damn, people really need to like calm down on spoilers, or better yet, just have a better idea on how to actually announce spoilers for a show. Welcome listeners to Mars on Life, episode 159. I'm of course one of your hosts, Ryan Mancini. I've got Andrew and Sebastian with me. Gentlemen, how you doing? Doing good. <laughs> doing uh, doing fair for a weekday, you know, like, what is it? Life is fine, fine is wine, life is fine. Like really it's just kind of a same old, same old, you know, the world hasn't exploded since Trump got indicted, but the world has exploded for another reason we'll get into, but we're, we're doing good here in, uh, in, in Boston. So what's this about a, a, a TV show that everyone's up in arms over? So it, it was spoiled, but well, that's the but the issue is that it was spoiled, or that this TV show was so good that God forbid it was spoiled. So that's what's so tricky about it. And for listeners that are wondering, okay, what what is it that these three stooges are talking about? Well, well, two because I'm about out of the loop as someone who isn't on social media yeah because i'm not but <laughs> go ahead and introduce the show and i'll just uh immediately provide a rebuttal saying uh how much of it i have seen which is uh quantitatively zero nothing no matter how many times i've told you before that like it's the best show on tv and you should watch it and it's a good media show and you've been like yeah see I'll, uh, I'll watch it i'll, I'll, take, I'll take that advice Mm -hmm. when the show is about five years old and everyone stopped talking about it. Like with Breaking Bad, for instance. Why do I have to worry about spoilers then? I was so out of touch with the conversations half decade ago that I wasn't even spoiled, quite frankly, because I just didn't choose to get involved. But apparently the issue is that those who are involved and those who like the show you're saying that the issue is that they've been spoiled too early or is that or that social media can't get a grasp on their own egos when they take to Twitter and say, hey, this is how it ended. Oh, by the way, spoilers, you know. So for listeners that, that want to know what we're talking about, I'm just going to preface all of this with a giant spoiler warning, because what we are going to talk about is, uh, as they say on the Internet, spoilerific. Um, I'm going to have some kind of like blaring klaxon playing right now, warning you, like, if you do not want to be spoiled, don't listen to this episode, go to HBO Max and watch the latest episode of Succession. Yes, that's what we're about to talk about, because, if anything, it, it, it's less so the idea of, oh, I went on to social media prior to the episode premiering, and I found out what happened, it's more like, I woke up the next day, went into work, opened up a direct messaging channel with my coworkers, and a coworker shared a very particular story from none other than a certain publication that we've probably talked about way too many times on this show for obvious reasons. Why they went ahead and did this, I'd love to know. But the Los Angeles Times had this article with the headline, Logan Roy, conservative media mogul who shaped contemporary politics, 
dies at 84. This was shared, and it was brought up in the form of a question, Alex. And when I saw that, I immediately had to say, I swear, I hope this isn't a spoiler. Monday morning, the episode premiered Sunday night. Sure enough, within a short period of time after I saw that post, yeah, this main this character who is basically the the linchpin to the whole concept of succession within the show of succession did indeed die in episode 3 of the final season which is currently on now. So, yeah, it, it was basically like okay, there wasn't any breathing room for what had happened Sunday. I get what the whole what the whole idea was is oh we're writing this like it's an obituary for some major figure you know like like if Rupert Murdoch passed away right now there would be a, an obit in like every newspaper in the world tomorrow morning but it would be online immediately with this i only found out about the fake obituary for this character played by uh, actor Brian Cox great actor First actor to ever play Hannibal Lecter, by the way. Um, you know, I found out that it was only in print, I think, today, from my mom. She was like, oh, hey, it was in the LA Times calendar section. And I'm like, well, okay, two days. Better than the morning after and getting completely spoiled for those of us that hadn't seen the episode yet. But long story short, uh, pretty much already given the long story. But yeah, I mean, this was sort of a let's act on this and have something funny about a character that I would argue is on the level of a, uh, I don't know, a Walter White, a Tony Soprano, terrible that I'm blanking on the name of Steve Buscemi's character from Boardwalk Empire, same difference, like, a major character in premiere television and he's dead, and we're, we're handling it the same way we would handle anybody else in media today dying. And I'm just thinking, wow, I wish I knew that from the episode and not from, you know, <laughs> the West Coast's only legacy publication having a laugh. Yeah, I think this raises a few things, interesting things. First of all, you know, there is the point that I came away from this episode and I was watching it Sunday night shocked. And I know Seb's probably rolling his eyes, but I'm just like, whoa, you know, because it was pretty dramatic. And, you know, in the age of Game of Thrones leaks, it's surprising that nothing like this got leaked. So... On one hand, I had to give it to our overlords at HBO who own all good content that they kept us under wraps. But on the other hand, you also have, uh, it's really funny that, like you said, a legacy, quote unquote, legacy publication is publishing an obit for a fictional character. And I know, you know, it's all, it's all in good fun, but it kind of raises some questions. You know, I don't recall this happening for the death of another fictional character or so forth i guess because it was so much about like a media figure it's like the same reason that hollywood gives oscars to movies about hollywood you know media is going to celebrate anything about media regardless if it makes fun of media so that was kind of surprising and you know on the third hand just raising a bunch of points here i also thought it was interesting that you know you got it spoiled but I, well maybe it's us back to the first point that it's, it wasn't leaked it wasn't spoiled and I thought this was kind of a win for, I'm going to sound like a younger podcast, a win for the culture. But it's because like literally like at this day and age, I've had everything spoiled to me. You know, like I kind of give up on reading the plots of insert superhero movie here because 
I see memes about the end of the movie, you know, on Twitter the weekend of, you know, like, oh, I wonder which Spider-Man is going to be in Spider-Man. Spoiler alert, all three are in the new one. So it's like that kind of stuff that nowadays it's so normal to get spoiled. If you weren't there, man, on Friday night or opening weekend, then what does it matter? And it just kind of gives you the same energy when you see that spoiled on LA Times by your coworker. So, you know, for a moment, I thought, oh, wow, spoilers are still respected. You know, we still care about having suspense and drama in our media. Or, But then it comes and rears back its ugly head and it's all about the clicks. So, Seb, who's been quiet, you know, I, I know you haven't seen the show, Seb, but like, I'm curious your thoughts on, mm-hmm. I guess, the... Uh, yeah, the, the spoiler aspect of this and also a legacy publication putting out a fake obit for a TV character. I mean, I really want to ask the question if you are assuming any any sort of responsibility or stake in a popular TV show or really just have any semblance of a presence online regarding this IP. Shouldn't spoilers kind of be anticipated or assumed? And I'm only asking this because I know overzealous TV fans um, aren't going to think like you, Ryan, or I, and uh, just assume that there is good in the world and people can just enjoy it of their own volition. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm just wondering what is to be done about uh, people who really do take, uh, take stock in enjoying a TV show or really any media start to finish and just anticipate that it's not going to happen and i guess get their dreams crushed when they realize that that's not the case i mean i it just sort of seems inevitable to me mm-hmm. but I, that's really the only perspective that i have other than just la times really just did a just threw a curveball and just did this for the sake of being a <laughs> well, I mean, when's the last time, Seb, that you had something spoiled? Because I know I've had, everyone's had this experience, but uh, let's say when was the last time I was spoiled and, and legitimately felt like, uh, like sort of like gypped, like had an emotional attachment towards it? Yeah, TV show, movie, book, anything. Hmm. Oh, okay. My sister were here. Oh. No, I got one. She'd be ripping me a new one right now. In middle school, I was very much of I was very much a fan of Naruto, the actual manga. So forking over six dollars per book back then and reading the story. I knew early on that this was not a wise investment of my time or money, because when you go to a middle school like I did, that was so engrossed in the culture of anime and manga and cartoons, because what the hell else are you going to be caring about at 12 years old? Uh, You are engrossed in conversations that are not of the same uh, story progression as you are. So you end up hearing characters that you're unfamiliar with and plot devices that you have no... You should have no respective interest in, but given that it's your friend group and you sort of have to be in the know and many times peer pressured into following along at their pace, uh, you can either go one of two ways. Either you can fork over more money and more time to get on the playing field that they're at, 
Or you can look at it like me, who decided to say, screw that, I'm going to go it at my own pace anyway. That being said, uh, was I emotionally attached to the character of Naruto Uzumaki (laughs) from the point at which I've read his story up to? Yes. Did I know that he was going to become the Hokage in the end? Also, yes, because Japanese story arcs are about as predictable as ever. It's the main character that we've been following for years. Where the hell else would you expect him to go? Okay. It isn't like School of Rock where you anticipate them winning the tournament in the end and then actually have a break in expectations where you're like, wow, I actually respect the character arc more because they learn how to lose humbly. Also, at that time, I think it was just a matter of my friend group not really it was me discovering that my friend group at the time uh we shared different interests and thought that different things were important i really want to say that there's an answer that there's an answer to your question drew but to tell you the truth i really can't i mean the last piece of media that i was remotely interested in was the last of us on hbo as well but i can't really consider myself spoiled because i played the video games in their entirety yeah. and already knew yeah. the story so i guess the only thing that i could potentially be spoiled was the uh i guess you could call it the controversial episode between bill and frank which if you want to put a gun to my head and ask me what i thought about it it expanded upon the lore of already existing characters click you know that that's all i have to say about it other than okay it was about <laughs> it was a it was about as a MacGuffin a, a MacGuffin as an episode as you could can potentially make it because all it did was move the story along and it didn't really spoil anything so much as it did progress the story. Oh, what a sin! Is that the episode where they played Linda Ronstant and everyone? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I I heard great things about it, but again, I was I was the person who was like. It was. It was the with all these of... zoomers yeah. that are acting like they just discovered Linda Ronstadt. She's been around a while. Like, well, come on, people. Well, then again, that's well. What's with all these zoomers getting up in arms over the fact that oh my god, there's someone who's actually gay, as if they didn't play the second fucking game and already have those that same dissidence. It's like, it's like, what are we complaining about out of a show that only has nine episodes? That I would arguably say that followed the game's storyline pretty well. Mm-hmm. What more could you really ask out of a out of a film adaptation of a video game? Um considering the tragedies that have been film adaptations of video game of video game movies in the 80s and 90s. I digress. Drew, I really can't answer your question because I really don't see myself being emotionally attached to IPs. Even really when I was a kid, because at that point, either I wasn't involved with friend groups who talked about them ad nauseum to make me at risk of being spoiled, or I got into something way past its shelf life that when I did experience it, it was like me experiencing it for the first time. Right. Um, The lack of social media definitely did help at a young age, and I thank my parents for instilling that in me. But but even when I had social media, I purposefully didn't get involved in specific fan groups, fan pages, I guess you could call them. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe 
the spoiler that got me at least like kind of like hit me a little bit was when I played Bioshock for the first time and I realized that oh the main character that you've been playing is actually a psychological operative who responds to to certain phrases and it's like oh the the guy who built the city under the sea was is really this guy's father and it's like was I spoiled kind of because I read the lore and maybe scrolled down mm. the, the the page a little bit too quickly than I should have but at the same time I was just like okay well all the pieces were kind of pointing in that direction anyway so I really don't know what else I could be expecting here I feel like when you're given all the pieces and you come to your own conclusion about it there's really not much room for debate at that point you know you're going to either experience it or you're going to shut the game off and be and have a hissy fit because you didn't get to experience it in your way and it's like at that point it's who cares I mean I guess the game. I'm, I'm going to maybe go on a tangent here but I wonder if what about something that's in the collective consciousness, let's say, calling back to an old episode, um, Obi-Wan. You know Obi-Wan is not mm -hmm. going to die in the miniseries, but right. you know, you're still invested in some story here. You know the major players are not going to die, but I suppose in that sense, uh, when it comes to something where you know it's going to happen, even if it's a brand new media does that lessen your enjoyment if you know what's going to happen? Maybe this is a totally different question, but not, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Not necessarily if you have this sort of inherent knowledge or at least willing to learn capacity of just expanding on the lore at that point, because that's what I think Obi-Wan as a show is. It doesn't so much spoil anything if you understand the jump from episode three to episode four so much as it you know just read wikipedia at that point i mean if you really want a consolidated consensus of story elements but i guess my question back to you would be assume that i'm someone who doesn't read eu or who doesn't look at anything extended universe related is there anything potentially spoilery that you could think of within obi-wan that would be like oh why did i find that out sooner than when i was supposed to I would think it would only be the fact that you know that they met at least one more time mm -hmm. before their final confrontation. Like that, because I, to both your points, like I, I did sort of look at Obi-Wan and think, you know what, at the end of the day, I know how this all ends, mm -hmm. but what I want to know is, okay, are we going to get some kind of big character moment between the two, these two characters, and... I, you know, I couldn't, I, I didn't care at all about the rest of the story with the Inquisitor hunting down Luke because it's like, I know how it ends with Luke. Luke's going to be right. fine. Ambrew and Uncle Owen, they won't be fine, but I know they're not going to die now, <laughs> you know. And, right, right. But I think if anything, it's that idea of, well, I want to see that character development that we never thought we wanted, we never thought we really ever needed, and we have an opportunity to have something that's better than what we got in Revenge of the Sith and much more personal than what we got during their fight in A New Hope. And instead, all we got was like something that, at least in my mind, was so not worth it and also basically a rehash of what they had already done in animation with Anakin's former apprentice. 
it, it all just felt very cheap. The only plus side is you got the two actors, they're giving it their all, and at least Darth Vader's dialogue was cool. But otherwise, it was a totally vacuous moment that if it was spoiled to me, I would have been like, eh. I guess I could assert that the one fan service moment that could be considered a spoiler in all of Obi-Wan were the final 30 seconds where you can finally see Liam Neeson assume his role uh, as a force ghost. Yeah. And while that wasn't necessarily spoiled... It was kind of expected, though, that he... It was kind of expected. Him and Palpatine. Him and Palpatine. So it's one of those things where I think as long as you have a little bit of cognitive thought and wonder how the story could go in respect to the previous movies that you've seen, as well as a little bit of EU stuff. And again, I'm not asking people to look too deep into Extended Universe, but I will say that it goes a long way when you eventually do see characters that you're familiar with on screen actually assume roles in the story. Like, the fact of the matter is is that Jedi Fallen Order's sequel is coming out. I'm hyped. Am I hyped to buy it day one launch? Fuck no. no. Absolutely not. Because you... Exactly. Exactly. As someone who bought Fallout 76 first day, I've never financially recovered from it. Still. (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's just like... And I think I've said this on previous episodes. As long as you know how and when to back off a bit, and not get involved in sort of the... I don't want to say don't like things. I'm not getting on this episode to say, oh, don't like things. You know, what? why are you engrossed in such mass consumerism? Although I think that is a fair question. Uh, <laughs> it does help not to be a part of the conversation when it's an IP that you legitimately want to get interested in and follow it at your own pace. Because I will say this. The worst thing about TV shows and movies are the expectations that you have with friend groups, work acquaintances, peers, who will always be one step ahead of you, who will always know something about it you don't, and maybe inadvertently spoil it for you. Well, now you've just messed up the entire friend or work dynamic. So what about that? Right. And I think with something like Succession... It's it's not even close to the kind of IP that a large franchise like Star Wars or anything else is. But in an age where with streaming and with people being so used to the Netflix model and Disney Plus shows where it really is taking an IP, shrinking it down to the spinoff that has nothing to do with the main story that you're used to. You know, the the fact that it's still following a format that actually still works basically following the same kind of premiere television format that the wire um oz the sopranos boardwalk empire you name it all had it's it's still filling that void that you can have tv that can actually be elevating and not just be you know i don't know uh a little bald girl whose nose is bleeding because she's using the force or you know uh insert baby yoda joke here you know like it's it's a hell of a lot more than that but it's also the investment of it's part of the la times headline about logan roy the character of logan roy and and just what who he is and what he is and the fact that this show is not only such a reflection of the times that we live in it's Mm -hmm. also such a reflection on 
capitalism and the media environment and rich families and how messed up they are. You know, you could watch the show and draw parallels to the Murdoch family, the Salzburgers, the Trumps, you name it. Mm -hmm. And well, that was my next but, question. Okay. You know, if I could get like a 30 second expedited synopsis of what succession is, and that's part one of the question, but number two, what is this character's death ultimately mean for fans of the show? Like, help me understand uh, what it means to be spoiled, because I'm assuming that this person who who died, uh, fans have somewhat of an emotional attachment to. Maybe oh, that's an understatement. Maybe that's an understatement. But what does it ultimately mean to be spoiled in this capacity as a fan of the show? And really, why should non-fans care? To answer the question about what the show is about, it's about this media mogul by the name of Logan Roy, who owns this large company called Waystar Royco. It oversees its own film division. It has its own... It has this media empire where it's basically... It's a lot like the kind of thing that you would see from, again, like the Murdoch family, where it's buying up newspapers. It's got its own equivalent of Fox News. It's become it is its basically own, Fox. It's basically Fox News, yeah. And its publications are like you know, New York Post and tabloids and things like that. Logan is this old dinosaur, you know, old school media guy who's very cutthroat. He's very curt. He's very blunt. He will tell you to fuck off like there's no tomorrow. And he's got basically his family, his three children, or at least three children that for the most part directly are involved with the company in some way. His daughter, Shiv... Um, who's the middle child, his youngest, Roman, who's Kieran Culkin, um, the dick pickler, um, and Kendall Roy, who is like the, the golden boy, the, the Don Jr. that was lined up to take over the Empire, has drug addiction problems, has a giant ego, he's a little too hot on his feet, etc. And all of them are trying to see whether or not they can make a claim for basically the CEO role because their father, in like the very beginning of the show, has a health scare, and hence the title. It's like the show's called Succession. Well, even though for the most part it's this, you know, it, it's, it's a lot like The Office or Veep or The Thick of It where it's kind of like this day-in-the-life thing of watching this company progress from one catastrophe after another, and then the personal lives caught in between, but also what are what are these kids willing to do just so they can potentially, potentially, not even a guarantee, potentially lead the company and take mm. it in, in a whole new direction that's completely their own. And the show's been going on for three seasons. There's a whole cavalcade of other characters involved to the point on what makes this spoilers so significant compared with other similar spoilers in the past what's so strange about it and i you know i made this point to um i made this point to somebody the other day where i said this death was sort of expected because the guy had a health scare in the very beginning of the show he has sort of a resurgence of health problems in season three season four which they announced it was the last season literally a few weeks before season four premiered and everybody was caught off guard by that. Everyone was like, oh, whoa, shoot, okay. And it was almost like no one had time to prepare. 
it's like, okay, so you now have 10 episodes to wrap everything up based on how season three ended. And season three is ending. Oh, chef's kiss. Like, one of the best season finales I've ever seen. Devastating, hilarious, you name it. It was great. Season had only been going on for a couple episodes. And then episode three happens. And the only thing that you know is that the sort of half-sibling to these three siblings, he's about to get married. And he's played by uh, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Alan Ruck. You know, they're all getting up, gearing up to go to the, his wedding. None of the advertising for this episode really showed a whole lot of Logan. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe this will be a big episode. Maybe this will just be a big shit show where it's just a, a bunch of fights and screaming and dirty jokes. I mean, the show's a comedy. I make this sound like it's, it's this, you know heavy drama, but, like, the show is also one of the funniest shows on TV right now, um, if not the funniest show. I, I forgot how many, because I, I did rewatch it this afternoon uh, before we started recording. I lost count of how many minutes into the episode until one of the characters gets a, gets a series of phone calls from her soon-to-be ex-husband, and then one of her brothers gets a call, and they, you know, the guy straight up says, you know, hey, your dad is sick. And you're thinking to yourself, this episode, like, just started. What? And we just saw Brian Cox as Logan Roy, and he, you know, seemed fine and whatever. And the death and everything else, it's all off screen. So, it's, you know, and the only glimpse that you ever see of Logan, for the most part, unconscious and likely dead, is at least one close-up of the top of his head while he's okay. laying on the floor and they're doing chest compressions. So can I, can, I, can I just interject just for a second? Okay. You have an announcement of this being a final season. Whether or not this gives people whiplash or not, this is the cap. This is the end point. Yeah. And a character showing signs of decline. <clears throat> to top it all off, and probably the biggest elephant in the room, of the title itself being Succession, by definition to succeed one another. I ask you, fans, what did you expect? And that's my point-blank well, question. Now, whether or not... And I'm asking this to state that whether or not one had an emotional attachment to this character, it's not going to go in the direct. This show is not going to go in the direction you want it to just because you want it to as a fan of this show. So and if they Luke Skywalker had... say that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if they had plans to cut this character and to kill him off, <clears throat> what would it matter if from the first episode to now, if they already would have done so, what would it ha what would it have done? to quell over the fans who have had an attachment. If this was spoiled season one, if this was something that could be spoiled season one up to now, what difference would it make? Or would it actually lend itself to, oh, well, that's why the, the show is called Succession. Hmm. You know, the thing with this one is that it's been a long time in a major TV show, I suppose, putting aside Game of Thrones, but... It's been a long time in a major TV show that the main character dies. I think the fact that it happened so suddenly, I think a lot of the fan base anticipated something like this, but I was of the camp that like, oh, we'll have like another heart attack or something and just be like, oh, I'm too old, but like, not like this. It was very sudden. It was on the day of his son's wedding and he was he was in the middle of a flight to Europe when his son was getting married in New York when he had a heart attack. So he was already being a dick. Um, it was right after one of his sons cussed him out on the phone 
And it was just unexpected timing because uh, they set it up really well that you thought he was going to come back and be a dick and that it wouldn't go out this way. But I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest TV guy, but it's been many years since I recall the main character, and I would argue he's the main character, die so suddenly in a TV show. And, you know, it's a good thing that there's only seven episodes left because there's no way a future season could have been carried by just the kids having drama. But I think that's what makes us so, I, I suppose, I hate to use this word for a TV show, but powerful. I mean, really? I mean, it was an emotional draw, but... I mean, when's the last time a main character in a franchise died? And I'm not even talking Luke Skywalker in episode eight, because, I mean, did anyone see that coming? I don't remember Luke Skywalker's death being spoiled in episode eight, but at the same time, this didn't hit so well either. You know, I'm like, oh, so is this going to fade away? Yeah, Was okay, this, whatever you told. Would it be more so, would this actually make more sense if you were to equate this to Han Solo dying, for instance? That was a big one. No, because... No. Uh, Harrison Ford wanted Han Solo to die in The Empire Strikes Back. Regardless of that fact. Before The Empire Strikes Back, he wanted him to die. Regardless of that fact, you would still have people getting their panties in a bunch and posting about it on Reddit and 4chan being like, Harrison Ford's gone. I'm like, oh. Really, and, and if you were uh, of the I, and if yeah, you were you know, of the mindset, if you were of the mindset of us three, we'd know that fact that oh, it's about time. But I think to the well, average Star Wars connoisseur, they'd be like, oh, no, it's like Why? if Ray died in Episode Eight, or no, it's I'm sorry, better. It's like if Kylo Ren died in Episode Eight because yeah. he was supposed to be set up as the main antagonist. So I would compare it to that. I mean, I think me and Ryan are a tiny bit victims of recency bias, but I think unbiasedly, <laughs> this is pretty good. Uh, you know, pretty strong episode. But at the same time, yeah, like I would compare it to Kylo Ren dying or like if Darth Vader, <laughs> if Darth Vader had a heart attack in episode five. But like, um, you know, I feel like it's kind of like that because this wasn't the conclusion we were expecting. Um, but as far as the show goes, I mean, you know, what, I'm sure. It, uh, what yeah. Would, what would be the conclusion well, that you'd be expecting if he didn't die or if there was a different outcome altogether where it was perhaps a more graceful transition up until this point that a lot of audiences have gotten used to is he really does embody not just that typical old white rich guy that just never seems to die no matter what gets thrown at him but he also is a monster he treats his children terribly he's very old-fashioned he's racist he he basically is shows... one of the bigger villains in tv show and it's like oh he's just a media mogul but like fucking kicks his kid's ass verbally every single episode he's just like the worst father ever and i feel like that kind of resonates with people not gonna say it oh reminds me of my dad but like you know it's just like totally like worst father ever and i think because it deals with so many family issues it hits a lot of people at home like in their so, heart because, so why are because people getting up in on arms? top of that the kids like they still love their dad and he still loves them but mm -hmm. they eviscerate each other season after season, and it's to a point where you're just wondering, okay, is there going to be a breaking point? Are they actually going to be estranged? And even in this episode, of all three siblings, the one who is arguably the most estranged goes, uh, yeah, no, it, it'd be bad optics, uh, we're, we're, we're not estranged, we're not estranged, we're not estranged. And you're just like, because even the kids, like the kids, they're spoiled, rotten, rich kids that have no right. souls so it's like right yeah are you sure kendall are you sure like you know so it's one of those things where 
it's like a lot of other characters in television where it's full of horrible, horrible people. Mm -hmm. But you can't hate on him because he's your dad kind of thing. And it, well, um, as a fan, I'm like, what you're rooting for somebody, but at the same time, you're but thinking it's not yourself, him. I wouldn't like them in real life. Well, even no, that's just right. it. Even Logan, it's the fact that he has persisted this long, and the fact that you're almost wondering, oh my god, these kids would be total screw ups if they took over the company. Don't let them take over. The problem is Logan then doubles down, reinvigorates himself. Like episode two, he gives this resounding speech. Mm -hmm. Because they're about to enter a presidential election, and he's already got his hand-picked fascist candidate. And, because again, it's like Fox News. And and it's not like this, this is a show where, like, people die all the time. You know, it, it's... It, if there ever is a death, it is so off-screen. And mm. so for this to happen, again, to a major character, and especially to a character who has played such a giant role, where you're like, oh wait, he actually is gone... And the scarring and the impact he's left on his kids and his family and the world, really, it, it, it leaves open, obviously, all the doors of what the rest of the show's going to be like. And I'm not saying I expected him to survive until the end of the show. I didn't. And, I, and I, I love how it was all handled. If anything, it was just the fact that, like, to go back to the very beginning of this whole discussion, yes, you're going to have those morons go on to social media or Reddit or wherever and be like, who... Huh? Luke Skywalker disappeared, huh? Like, yeah, that's gonna happen, but <laughs> this was a giant publication. This was a newspaper that was like, screw it. You know, we're not affiliated with Warner Brothers and HBO. We're not it's some kind of, random neckbeard online. We're just gonna throw this out there because we're f we're gonna be cute and funny. It's kind and of based. Not even respecting no, in a weird the fact way. That there's people out there that want to know. I can't it's even kinda, hear you. That like it, want to know. It's kind of it's kind of based. I gotta say. I mean, like you wow. almost gotta you almost gotta have respect for a publication. Just be like, fuck it. Publish. You know what it, I like you that. Know what I mean, I, like I like that take. I think kind of right. based in a weird way, like because you're right. This isn't some local yokel expressing his opinion good bad or otherwise about a show that he or she holds dear it's like how much you want to bet that it was a staff writer at the la times who just flat out didn't enjoy the show like what if this is just a like a publication vengeance i mean i'm just I'm, i don't I'm, think that's what it was at all i'm i'm, I'm being conspiracy i'm being conspiratorial maybe it'd here make I know more sense if it was yeah. like the target of the of the show's ire like because the New York Post, you know, like, oh, fuck <laughs> you, you made fun of us, you know? But, like, I also think it's kind of a case, yeah, I'm going to call back to that example of, like, I think a lot of the 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 issue is that it's, like, if it is Darth Vader's, like, it, it almost, uh, look, now I'm speaking too much, but, like, it almost is, like, if Darth Vader died in Episode 5 or if Kylo Ren died in Episode 8 because as an audience, you're just, like, what the hell? This is the major villain. Like, what am I supposed to do? My expectations have been thrown out the window, which is great because like, you know, you don't want to be like a Marvel movie where it's just like, ah, oh, my expectations weren't challenged. But at the right. same time, you just kind of feel like lost as, so in that sense, it did well, but <laughs> you know what? You've changed my mind on the spoiler. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I kind of agree. Well, my follow-up question to that, to that is this. Well, I still haven't even answered the question about why non-fans should or shouldn't care, oh, which I honestly please. don't even know if I have an answer to that, because... Okay, all right, well then I have a good follow-up question exactly tying to what, to what Drew said. 
when someone ends up feeling lost, either after they've finished a show or finished piece of media in its entirety, mm. or they've completed it, you know, spoiler free. Is there something to be said psychologically about people who become so engrossed in IPs that once finished and once nothing more can be extrapolated from them? Is there something to be said about people who who hold these IPs so near and dear that they do end up losing a sense of identity once it's effectively been completed? There's nothing more to, to take from engaging in a piece of media anymore. I think it's hard to make that comparison with a show like this. Well, why? People have already put their stock because into liking Star a show. Wars or Marvel. There's no succession con. There's no suck cons where. <laughs> but people are still dress getting... up as Roman Roy with their, you know, but, John but Thomas he... hanging out of their pants because. But they I'm asking. Send a dick pic to Jerry. Like I'm asking this because people are still getting up in arms over a spoiler over a show that was nearing its completion but... anyway. Right. So what yeah, but, is going to happen? Like, yeah. what happens to these people that are now effectively displaced because, well, show's pretty much over now, as if it wasn't going well, to end in the first place. Let me tell you that. Let me throw it back at you. Would if if the if say somehow the internet existed in 1983. I hate the fact that we keep going back to Star Wars. I swear, it's, it's like it's, it's like the best example. No, it's know, a good example. Yeah, it's uh. You know, imagine like you're you're just you're at home, you're thinking you're you're not like the world's biggest Star Wars fan, but you're like, you know what, I've liked these movies, they're fun, they're entertaining. Mm -hmm. I'm a casual moviegoer. I wanna see how it ends. I'm curious sure. to see how Return of the Jedi uh wraps up. And say the internet existed for some godforsaken reason, some kind of weird We've already failed. The, the, the really army army yeah. Thing. yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and all of a sudden there's a grainy picture of Darth Vader with his helmet off looking at Luke mm. and or or like or it's a clip from the movie like somebody pirated something from I don't know Thailand and they uploaded it onto the internet because the movie came out early it's, it's and uh, in, India India HD no subtitles for free <laughs> click yeah. click here no <laughs> virus exactly yeah <laughs> Punjabi like, or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it, it's it's basically just the common courtesy of it, like it's it's nothing to do with identity. It's nothing to do with oh my life is so unfulfilled now because I've been mm -hmm. spoiled this pivotal moment or the ending of this series of movies or television series that I'm watching. It's more just the the fact that. You just want to sit down and figure it out for yourself and watch it for yourself and not have some yahoo go on the internet and be like, hey, look at Darth Vader's bald head. Ooh, hey, look, he's redeemed. Ooh, like mm -hmm. you, you just you want you want yeah, to you experience want, you it want to expand, experience but you don't want yeah. to sit there and have somebody that's not either the platform you're watching it on or, you know, you're, you're, you're basically being robbed of whatever experience you could have. And again, this doesn't need to be a diehard fan watching the end of their favorite saga. This could literally just be a casual viewer who's like, hey, I didn't want, I wanted to be surprised like everybody else. Yeah. Sure, it reminds me of Avengers, like Endgame. I don't get, I don't care, but I had to go see it, you know? Right. And I would have been peeved if somebody told me, spoiler alert for all you non-Marvel nerds, that, you know, oh, I, uh, Tony Stark dies, but, you know, Thanos dies too. Yeah, every, so, like, everyone dies, yeah, and... 
that's suspending your expectations outright because when do you ever see in the history of Marvel, excluding the comic books, because I can't go back that far, where the hero loses? Imagine that. That would be a spoiler where I'd be legitimately be like, wait a minute, a Marvel movie going this against the grain? Are this you is where serious? We need Matt for some yeah. Batman insight yeah. because but to no, answer, Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, uh, tell me. Uh, no, I was going to say, but to answer your question, Ryan, outright, I go back to the first question that I even posed on this episode. If you assume any sort of presence online, shouldn't spoilers be anticipated? Not expected. I'm not going online expecting to have a bad day. However, if the internet in its vast communicative nature, because rest assured, before before YouTube, before any of these sites, before images on forum posts were a thing, uh, people utilized the art of the English lexicon to actually write shit out. There would still be spoilers in that capacity. And as a casual viewer, would I be mad at seeing those? No. Because I would assume that someone online posting their opinion about the Star Wars movies and I, you know, and the spoilers right there in front of me, regardless of the fact if it says spoiler or not, um, put that on the Internet. I mean, that's I have no control over what someone posts online. So right. therein lies the question of taking it a step back and saying, if I'm trying to enjoy this in the capacity that I'm going to want to enjoy it in, why would I go online in the first place? Now, if you would have given me the well, example of I'm going out with a few friends or and I'm literally going to work and just trying to do my yeah. job and pay the and bills someone, and, and someone inadvertently like, hey. says that you would probably have a situation where and this is anecdotally speaking, because here I am literally getting spoiled about Breaking Bad five years later saying, oh, guess what happens to Walter White? Yeah, he's six feet under now. At this point, you kind of have to make a judgment call of, well, he had all the time in the world to watch it, and Seb didn't. At this point, it doesn't really bother me, but if you would have said that maybe five years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, well, I mean, I, I did spend a lot of time watching the show, and that's how it turns out. Okay, well, I guess there's no point in me watching the show anymore, but... I have to say, I haven't been caught in a situation where a show that I've remotely been interested in has ever been spoiled for me in such a capacity that I've been emotional about it. I've been reactionary about it. I mean, I play I play more video games than I do watch movies, for instance. Yeah, that's been well established and, on Mars on Life. And when I found out that Joel dies in Game 2, The Last of Us Part 2... Oh my God, Joel's dead. It sucks to hear about it, but to be fair, Ellie was on the front cover of part two and it was kind of assumed that she was going to get her <laughs> own story anyway. So, you know, the fact of the matter is a 40, 50 year old man surviving the apocalypse and then suddenly saying, I'm tired and I'm going to get my ass beat by raiders. It's not all that surprising, I gotta say. The fact is, is that the training wheels were already taken off for Ellie to have her own story. And the fact of the matter is, is that if they make a Last of Us Part Two show on HBO, Pedro Pascal's not going to get top billing because I can guarantee you he's not going to be in any fucking episodes after the first one. Yeah. So, uh, mm. spoilers, it really depends on 
how well you receive them. I think it also really depends on how well you can stay away from crowds. That's impossible. There's always a douchebag in elementary school who's like, Pikachu died, you know? So (laughs) it's just like... There's always that one older brother that says, oh, by the way, Dobby dies. Like, Yeah. It's almost like, you know, and I'm sure people were doing this back in the Shakespeare days of just like, Oh, Hamlet, you know, like, so like, I don't know. Like, Maybe oh, what, oh, what did the ra- oh, what did the Raven say? You're going to be pissed off when you find out, you know, it's, I guess spoilers are in human nature and, you know, I it's, a human, us... it's a human nature to know, to want to know more and to want to feel as if you know more in conversation and to want to dominate because you saw it first or you read it first. The problem is, is that I think people need to understand that, like, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck (laughs) like about that ego about that ego trip you know i would argue that people want to experience media in their own way and in a perfect world we wouldn't talk to anyone about anything related to media because why would we want to risk being spoiled the problem is is that we don't live in that kind of society and we want to share like-minded interests and the fact of the matter is is that in conversation, if we have to preface our verbal and nonverbal conversations with, oh, by the way, you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be spoiled, but I still want to be a part of it. At that point, just don't, I'm not saying don't have friends, but don't get involved in situations where the risk of being spoiled is there. And at that point, if you're talking about it at work, I I would just say like, hey guys, we got to get back to work, you know? I, I mean, I've managed to curate my social media to a point where the potential for spoilers is so minimal, but also typically when, like with Succession, like that's that's the irony of all of this, is that every weekend when an episode drops, and I know I'm not seeing it that Sunday night, I stay the hell away from social media, and when I do have to go to social media in the morning, I'm only going to the most essential Twitter accounts or whatever accounts that I have to look at for work purposes, typically it's like a fire department or a police department. It's not, mm. you know, whatever you think it is. It's not, you know, Joe Blow, Joe Blow's review on, you know, Succession Episode 3 or whatever. But the fact that this was, I mean, it's also the irony of it all because I myself have told coworkers like, if you were, and I've said this, I think I've said it on Mars on Life, if you are a journalist of any kind, Succession is the show for you. Like, if it's, if you're a cable news viewer, Succession is the show for you. If you're a Trump fan, and you're, you're absorbed by, like, his family, and you think, you know, Eric is the bee's knees for some unexplainable (laughs) reason, Succession is the show for you. Like, it's, it's that much of a, engrossing show that you could get a huge audience but it's also the fact that you know i work in a space that ironically would talk about a show that has its own news network and so therefore for somebody to be like oh hey you know one of the newspapers in the united states did this about a media figure who was a big media figure but a fictional media figure who's been part of the you know, entertainment conversation for the last however many... Didn't Succession start in, like... I want to say it started... The series premiered in, like, 2018, something like that. Yeah. And 
understanding the fact that like this character has had health issues and he could have died literally at any moment like believe me there were moments in season three where i'm like oh he's gone he's this is the end you know and then he makes it to the very end of season three yeah. the, the the writing's but, on the wall and well no that's but surprised. that's no 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 but that's just it the writing's on the wall but the problem is is that again like any old white guy media figure where he you're like oh or it doesn't even need to be a media figure. I mean, how many times have we heard that Bill Clinton's had like a, he a heart issue or a health problem? Yeah. Sure. He goes Buff to the hospital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it, it becomes that thing where you are thinking to yourself, like, is this it? You know, because you are thinking like they are old and we are mortal mm -hmm. after all, except Henry Kissinger. Like all of us are mortal except mm -hmm. him. So it, it's mm -hmm. just like this show for the most part, there's no, there's no zombies. There's no dragons. It's very much a real world kind yeah, of show a, where there a, are consequences. A man, a man dies and there's consequences, right? Oh yeah. I mean, for goodness sake, there's, you know, again, not to give a total. Well, this is from season one, but like, there is a character that dies in season one that that character's death totally changes the trajectory of one of the kids, and it leads to that one that kid, the Don Junior, uh, Kendall. It leads to him groveling back to dad. And the re and all of season two is just him kissing up to his dad until his dad decides he's going to sacrifice his own son for the good of the company, and then it bites him back. It is the fact that for so long this character has had health problems, and so yeah, the death should have been expected. The problem is, is that death is not always expected. So, not to be that guy, but how many episodes ago were we talking about Jimmy Carter being in hospice care? Yeah, really. And we were like, oh, he's probably going to die alive? this week. Yeah, exactly. And still alive. So it's, I mean, for goodness sake, not to get personal, but like, you know, what I just went through with my grandmother, it was like, how long, how long is it going to be? Well, we don't know. And with this, it was sudden and out of nowhere. You know, it's, I know it's a fictional character. Mm. He's been at death's door before, but again, based on how he's been so far, you're thinking, okay, he's, he's. Maybe he'll make it to the end of the show. You don't know. But again, it's the fact that like you do everything in your power to be respectful and you do everything in your power to make sure that you don't spoil anything, but also you make sure you yourself aren't spoiled, but then somebody that you think is supposed to be responsible and somebody that ought to be mindful and know better... Who works in a space where we are all consumed by what's on the internet, and especially if you work for any kind of news publication, you're you're over inundated by what's on the internet. So yeah, you're probably going to hear something you don't want to hear or see. But at the same time, what do you do when it's something that you do like, or it's something that you are interested in? You know, are you gonna basically be like, well, that kind of fucked up my day and ruined? The few I mean, if you, I'm excited about uh, in this world, or I, I mean, if you were sensible and you had a good head on your shoulders, which I'm assuming we all do here, I would assert that the oppositional approach would be you get mad and you flip your desk over and you get fired for causing a public disturbance when finding out news like this, because as you've said, it is a fictionalized setting. Um, Yes, it sucks. And I'm not here to basically again, I'm not here to basically say, you know, stop enjoying things. But at what point does media become so ingrained that you have to react like that? 
and you have to kind of put up a fuss over how people spend their time either being ahead in the show or knowing something you don't and the risk that potentially you're not in the know of, of major events that happen in certain IPs. Like at what point do you have to sit to look at yourself and be like, okay, well, it's impossible for me to enjoy the show in the regards that I want to enjoy it. And, you know, to risk to, to not risk being spoiled is essentially to not have an internet presence or dabble in the conversations of those around me who dabble in internet presences. It's true. Cause believe me, but it's, but it's unrealistic. You can't do that unless you were to sequester yourself off from the rest of the world and basically be like, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be like, uh, bill from the last of us truly. And, uh, <laughs> Not have regard for anyone else. I mean, when 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 Rise of Skywalker came out, I had a wonderful grace period where I was not, I was almost never on social media, and on top of that, I was surrounded by coworkers that were equally as busy with work and equally as fixated on when they were eventually going to see the movie because it was around Christmas time and all of us were working for Christmas so it was like okay let's let's all agree that we're not going to spoil this movie that we're all excited about because we all realize we all have busy work schedules where we can't just go out and you know contribute to being in line to see the movie opening day so let's all make sure to ourselves, like, let's all be excited, but let's also be respectful of the fact that not everyone has seen it. And that's supposed to be the general idea. The LA Times should know better that give it a couple days, or at the very least, give it, like, I don't know, a week. Because at the end of the day, this also has to do with who can have the first take and who can get a, a ton of content views because they have a take on the show that either nobody else has or... They want to get into those spoilerific details first, and they want everyone to read it. But again, it becomes that mindset of, like, responsibility from both the people providing those spoilers and making it abundantly clear, this is a spoiler. If you do not want to be spoiled, do not watch this video, do not read this, do not listen to this podcast. And the fact that this story was just like, we're, we're just going to pretend and basically do a fake obituary. Because when I first saw it, I I honestly thought, oh, it's it's a joke because that's been the running joke of the show is that is that this guy will never die. Then he actually does, and you're like, oh shoot, okay, well all that suspense of like, is he ever gonna die? Like, is there actually going to be a succession, or is the show gonna end and he's still gonna run the company? Like, it became enough of a running gag that this guy was probably gonna live to the end of the show. That my mom still thinks he's gonna, he's not dead. <laughs> like, my mom is like, I don't buy it. There's no way they'd write Brian Cox out like that. To which I wanted to be like, Mom, you have any idea how many movies Brian Cox has been in where he's been horribly murdered by somebody? Or Except for Super Troopers, been, but yeah. Like, the guy's been stabbed by Wolverine. Like, give me a break, you know? <laughs> Andrew, you said it perfectly earlier. Like, there's always that one kid on the playground who's like, who? so-and-so died yeah. and you're just like oh come on like we were all excited we all wanted to see it we all wanted to experience it and yeah. i mean and i also hate i hate to say it but if one thing is spoiled how much do you want to bet that there's going to be something else about a week later that people are going to get so engrossed in that it's it's, it's it won't even matter at the end of the day 
Would that be media or news, though? Media, news, doesn't matter. Oh, next week a train's going to derail. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it doesn't hit the same with news. Like, I mean, you know, if like, people could have that that sense of predictability, I think there'd be a lot more uh, natural disasters prevented. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of the thing with Jimmy Carter. It's just like we thought he was going to die. And it's just like right. it, or the, with all news where it's just like, you know, the first reporter to leak it, you know, like to the victory of the spoils, the clicks. But it's just like, yeah, like. It? I guess what does it say when you have someone spoiling media outright for clicks or spoiling, I, I would even go so far as to say like a tragedy, you know, for clicks, like what is it? Is it just because they want the clicks or is it because they want people to act, they want actual coverage and it doesn't matter. It's not a, a matter of a victor goes to the spoils. It's we need to cover this now. Mm, like, a million dollar for, like for instance, yeah, the death of Kobe Bryant. Were we surprised that TMZ covered that first? Honestly, I think I was a little bit off put because it was TMZ that did it. And really anything from TMZ kind of warrants a raised eyebrow. But when the fact of the matter of that it was true, it was just like, oh, shoot. Um, I don't want to say that it's a that it's a news outlet that itself proprietorizes its clicks, but when I think of TMZ, I kind of think of it that way. And I wonder how many people thought of it that way, too, that it was like, you know, a gawker piece. Right. So I wonder. Yeah, but there's, people... there was good stuff about Gawker. I know you've mentioned Gawker a few times mm -hmm. and you've you've been making shots at it. But like Gawker, it, like, I'm not. All right. Yeah. Gawker. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't say that, you know, to self to, to self aggrandize. I just say that because you often have publications that will do it for the sake of clicks and i that's wonder most, if that's most of the media landscape unfortunately but is it a matter of wanting to do it for that or the latter of they need to get this out now and it doesn't matter what the clicks are they it's just a story worth covering for the sake of news well can it be both hmm. it's so hard to pinpoint and it always depends on the publication but Will will there ever be a situation where it doesn't matter who covers it first, just as long as it we're thankful that it was covered at all, and it doesn't have to be a popularity or, or pissing contest or a race to the finish? I mean, I'd like to think that two journalists in this chat could <laughs> could answer that question. I mean, I think you I, know, I'm, I'm trying down, to be hopeful here. You know, deep like down, really me am. and Ryan, if me and Ryan broke it, like if me or Ryan had a, a broke a great story about, you know, a presidential candidate or something, I'm sure we'd be the first to be like, yeah, like that was me, you know, like I found out about it. So I'm sorry, Ryan, I don't want to speak for you, but I know like yeah, I hardly have a Twitter presence, but like at the same time, like I also wouldn't pass up the opportunity to break something big. Mm -hmm. If I knew in this situation, let's say hypothetical, if I knew Logan was going to die, like would there be a tiny part of me that would say like tweet it out or like just make a mm. burner account and tweet it like okay uh, you know like what is it i don't know if i'm just you know if i have issues but like there's a little devil's advocate there it, like, is that is it a little bit of an ego boost would you would you care to admit yeah definitely even okay. if it was anonymous because you're just like yeah i was the guy behind that so mm. you know i i couldn't name the reporter behind the kobe bryant uh tmz report you know like to just say like sources say um but nobody spoiled the the succession death but you know going forward you know e even the kid on the playground who would spoil movies back in the day i don't remember that kid's name but i remember what he spoiled so it might have just been all in vain anyways
I mean, hell, I've done it with Andrew where it's like if he's got a story and he is like, you know, hey, the story's about to come out, it's breaking, you know, Ryan, whoever, like, can you guys share it, you know, help me with it. And it's like, yeah, of course, totally. Obviously, there's the standpoint of, well, you know something and you're first on it, so you want to get the news out there because, you know, it makes your company look good, it makes you look good. But it's also from that point of view of if it's your friend or it's your if if it's a, a you know a coworker or somebody that you know in the industry that you're close to and you want them to succeed I mean it's it's such a basic thing of like I I just want to help you know I want to help my friend and I want to see them succeed so it's it, it you know it, it's that kind of a it becomes that kind of a story and that kind of a situation where that's all you want to do and there you don't want to have any kind of predatory thinking of you know I want to make sure that my friend's publication is number one like it, it's it really boils down to just basic support and human you know human relationships I don't know it's right, right so right. um I mean if it were me like because believe me I I've met a ton of entertainment reporters that are like yeah there's times where I I mean, let's face it, it's like when you have an embargo on something. You've got film critics that are like, okay, I can give you my initial out-of-the-theater reaction of what I just saw, but I can't give you any kind of detail. I can give you my initial thoughts, but I can't give you a full-blown review. With entertainment reporters, it's one of those things where it's like, I do know how... I, I know how... Go back to Star Wars, Jesus. Uh, I know how Star Wars ends, and the movie's not out yet. I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to share anything, I'm not going to tweet anything, I'm, I haven't even told my wife. You know, some some reporters will actually say that. Like, I, I my wife's excited for it, but oh boy, if I spoil it, I'm going to get I'm gonna get divorce papers, you know, so... Mm. Um, I never and, knew and it was really that... Obviously, but... Yeah, but I never knew that it was really, like, that much tension behind... It's like if you work with any company and you share private information of any kind, you run the risk of God knows what coming after you. So if I, you know, if I saw something at Warner Brothers well, and decided I was say, when I was not... an employee and I blasted on social media, I would have been lucky if I ever got to walk onto that studio ever again. But you're not whistleblowing for the government here. You're, you're no, but you're sharing. You're still sharing sensitive information for a product that hasn't been released. Uh, commercially yet so so ethically so ethically then therein lies the question why would you possess that information just so you could get the first review out there and say that it's yours i mean at that well, point you're just watch just engage in the content and then come to your own you well, know again that's where review. that's where you have like an embargo where it's a matter of okay i have early entry to see this movie and give and write a review or it doesn't even need to be a film embargo. It could it could be any kind of oh no th this is happening in the Massachusetts State House and we've got new information on it or we we have basically the first story on it, but the story can't come out until literally the announcement is made. It, it's basically that pr it's it part of it is is privilege. It's that your company is trusted enough that you have early access into something. You can look at it, you can read it, you can watch it, whatever it may be, write about it, but then it can't come out until the announcement for whatever the product is or, or legislation or whatever is made to the public. And then immediately after that, or it, typically embargoes will give you a time, 
then you can release whatever you can release whatever you're writing about in terms of whatever it is you're writing about knowing that you have that business privilege depending on what company you work for and obviously if you work for that company like if if I was a WB employee there's no benefit ultimately other than if the movie comes out and I haven't said anything but the movie is out and more people are coming to the studio because they want to talk about it or they want to go on the tours and talk whatever the hell it may be then you're thinking to yourself okay this is cool I can hang out with people and talk about this uh, you know what what Lady Gaga does in Joker 2 Electric Boogaloo <laughs> but if I say oh yeah she gives birth to I don't know her and Arthur Fleck give birth to Robin or I don't know some dumb thing and that's actually in the movie and the studio <laughs> finds out that I spoil it, then it's like, mm -hmm. all right, you're you're done. You breached whatever contract. Yeah. You're, you're done. done. You, you breached contract. You got millions of viewers, millions of clicks because you had insider information. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go ahead and fire you. I'm like, ironically, I think that would bring more traffic to the website, but I can understand the whole... But what hey. website? If you're, if you're, if you're just, or, yeah, it's like if it's like when there's any kind of a leak from somebody that that's the thing is a lot of films these days it is so tight, mm -hmm. and if you're working for these companies and you're making God knows how much money, especially like if you're working on an Avengers movie, the idea that you would risk your job for that and never get to work for any major studio ever again, and also risk the potential to work with I don't know. An effects studio or I don't know the costume department like whatever it may be like the fact that like right. there's there's so much of that that it's like your whole career depends on you just not saying okay so this is the Iron Man suit that Robert Downey Jr. is gonna wear when mm -hmm. he has his death scene I, I could so just share imagine... that you're as good as fired and <laughs> welcome to McDonald's man take your uh, order I, I could just imagine though if that was a jaded employee that did that and then years later would break their silence and be like guys it's just a movie and if you had some semblance of knowledge of the comic books where perhaps maybe it was already shown like this isn't news if you were to like dig deeper you know what i mean like the information the proprietary information is already out there the source material is already out there for them to draw inspiration to it's really not spoiled if you give a fuck about comics by the way but if you don't but, know, if you don't know what's being adapted, yeah. then it is a spoiler. Like, if, True. Uh, believe me, if... I just feel like that jaded employee would probably just be like, guys, it, it it's a movie. Don't get your shit twisted, please. But tell, <laughs> hey, I'd love to hear you say that to, like, a CEO at Bob Iger. Like, tell Bob Iger, hey, does it really matter if, you know, one of your employees just says, hey, Indiana Jones, he, like, dis he disintegrates and Phoebe Waller... Fleabag is is the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> like he he'd be like I, I think uh, I think a, a well seasoned CEO who like understands Indiana Jones's timeline would probably be like, wow, yeah, Harrison Ford's kind of getting a little old. Maybe we should kind of kill him off, like they did in Star Wars. Uh, I mean, we own that too, so <laughs> maybe he just doesn't want to act anymore. If his prior interviews where he explicitly said so are any indication, I don't know. Maybe read the room. I mean, I guess I just wonder what's next in that situation then. Do people find something new? Or is it just uh, a matter of days ruined? And this could be the final question, unless there's anything more to say. Speaking for myself, I turned around, turned on the episode, watched it, still enjoyed it. 
I, I've changed over the years when it comes to the kinds of stuff that obviously that I look forward to, that I'm invested in, that I want to be invested enough where I absolutely don't want any spoilers, that I want to be surprised. Like, to your point, Sebastian, about, like, adaptations, if it's Dune, like, come on, like, let, let's not even go there. Like, of course I know what's going to happen, but if it's the Batman Part 2... Like obviously, yeah, they're probably gonna adapt. Uh, they're gonna adapt something off of a comic book, but you know why? Why just give away the whole synopsis, or why just say, "Oh yeah, we've adapted the entire, whoop, we've adapted the entire." Uh, I don't know, name name any Batman comic. We've adapted Nightfall. You know, we're, we've adapted the whole story. Asriel shows up. Tim Drake Robin is there. Do we don't need to explain why all these characters that weren't in the Dark Knight are showing up. They're all going to be in The Dark Knight Rises. Batman's going to get his back broken because, you know, Bane. That's the beauty of indirect adaptations like Nightfall when it comes to The Dark Knight Rises is that it isn't completely based off the comic. So, yeah, you get the breaking of the bat, but at the same time, you still get an entirely whole other story that doesn't revolve around Batman healing, finding a successor... Having that successor, like, grapple with the morality of being Batman and, like, dealing with the villains of Gotham, along with killing some of those villains, too. You, you want to get people hyped up and you want to get them anticipating whatever product you're going to release. And with Succession, I figured Logan could have died at any point in the show, but the fact that, again, we didn't expect it. At the very least, we didn't expect it so soon, especially in this season. I mean, it's ten episodes, we're three three episodes in. The fact that he has lived as long as he has within the show and been such an important character, you know, yes, it's the last season. If there was ever a better time to do it, this is that better time to do it. But, you know, it's the whole idea of, again, having some kind of... Obviously, there's that idea that, you know, there should be some sort of mutual respect among the TV viewing public, but obviously that's not the way the world works. That's not the way people are online. And the best you can do is, at least in my case, just watch the episode as soon as possible. And it's a little hard to do that when it's Easter. So it's, you know, maybe there's something thematic there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but... Maybe Logan will rise again. I doubt it. But, um, despite what my mom thinks. So, but again, I watched it. I loved the episode. I thought it was arguably one of the best episodes of the show. And I was just as invested watching it, uh, if not more so, the second time. Which I usually am, because I do rewatch. I like rewatching Succession. It's that kind of a show where you do notice things and ticks, and it's not like... You know, oh, it's the lightsaber. Oh, it's this. Oh, remember that droid from huh. A New Hope? Like, it's not like that. It's it's basic human psychology. It's basic human politics. It's basic things that, you know, you're wondering, okay, how are you going to adapt this into a show that feels real but is also so farcical and arguably the best satire on television right now? at all, The best satire at all outside of real life. Um, you know... It, it just makes you think, okay, well, that happened. It was great. I wish I found out on my own. 
it almost begs the question whether or not uh, people in media can always be trusted with uh, private information. And, uh, all right, what goes on from here? Which is the beauty of trailers, or at least it can be. You know, with Succession, you had no idea this was going to happen, and then it does, and then they give you another trailer for the rest of the season, and you can tell that, like, ooh, things are going to be different. But it's not enough where you know what happens in the final episode, because why would you give that away? So, um, if anything, long story short, PSA, um, in the wise words of River Song, no spoilers. I wasn't spoiled, so I come from a different position, but I kind of... <laughs> I think Seb kind of woke me up to like the point of like if it is based for Lily Times to spoil it. But yeah, it is on one hand, you know, it is kind of like grounding when someone spoils something for you because you're just like, what am I all butthurt about? You know, it's a it's a TV show. Like I know, like this is something I look forward to every Sunday. It's something that me and my wife, Rachel, have talked about at length, had lots of discussions about, you know. We got really sucked into it and it was our Sunday nights forever. So there is some like pain in like being like, oh man, like, you know, this is what's going on in the show. Major character died. We're invested to see what happened. So, but you know, I didn't get spoiled, but sometimes those spoilers are almost like a reminder. I guess I'm going a different way with this, but like sometimes it is kind of like a reminder of like, well, it's just a TV show, you know, like. Um, there has been cases where, and this is probably like to the contrary, but like where I've looked up stuff on Wikipedia before I watch it. But I have to when it's when it's stuff I don't really care about, like Avengers. Sorry, Avengers fans, but like you know, I, we went into Endgame, but I'm just like, oh, Tony Stark died, but like you know, let's see how you know. So I think you know, spoiler culture, it, it is annoying, and I've been burned by it plenty, but. Um, this was like a new one in terms of like the suddenness of the death but at the same time i think seb is a nice reminder here that like it is just a tv show but like it's not going to dampen my enjoyment of the tv show whatsoever mm -hmm. more same. of a surprise a shock my challenges yeah. my, my my expectations were challenged and mm -hmm. i should be happy for that so i think i come away from this whole discussion just being like yes but you know it sucks in the moment but is it going to alter my perception of how I view this TV show tomorrow, five days from now, you know, when the season's over, five years from now? Not not whatsoever. I'll just be like, oh, good. You know, like, yeah. what a dick. So, yeah, that, that, mm -hmm. that's that's what I have to say. I mean, Again, that's how I feel now. So it's... Yeah, I'm not... This conversation wasn't to deter individuals who are so heavily engrossed and invested into, a you know, into, into media to make them change their minds of oh well if you get involved with someone boohoo on you if you decide to get involved with it to a point where someone topples this house of cards for you when you weren't expecting it okay i want people to le to legitimately enjoy things in the way that they know how i just would also like individuals online predominantly because i i feel like this is where a lot of it is perpetuated maybe in your case ryan more so peer groups <laughs> because it's unavoidable but to understand the risks associated with getting too far invested in something for the risk of spoilers to even occur because realistically yeah. it's showcased that that's not the case that 
if, if you happen to enjoy something and be with a bunch of like-minded people who may not respect the fact that you're enjoying it in the capacity that you are and are going to have external conversations about X, Y, and Z, which X, Y, and Z, you didn't, you didn't even know that was a thing, but now here you are to just sort of assume the risks of, of, of who you're having conversations with because people not all people are going to respect the fact that you are so far behind. And anecdotally, I will say that I think people would more often than not chastise you for not being at their level of conversational know-how. Like, wait, you didn't know this was going to happen? Like, oh, you're so far behind. I've had many a situations where it's like, at that point, once those opinions are expressed, it makes me not even want to be involved anymore. Yeah. It's like it's like you're going to base your entire conversation and personality about this hot button topic. And it's like it's a TV show. You know, I, I can't help but but go back to that line of defense of like, all right, well, it's a TV show. There's going to be others <laughs> to that same credit. I don't want that to have to be my defining trait of having to get to an IP before someone else to risk being spoiled to, to to not have to risk being spoiled like that that isn't fun either so that's why i do purposefully engage in media like <laughs> years past their shelf life because at that point there's no more conversations it's like i'm experiencing it for the first time because i am i mean that's how it's how that's how it's worked for me but i know everyone's situation is different there's somebody out there who probably cried for Logan Roy's death more than their own father's death, you know, for sure. And, you know, hey, to each their own. But like, I think on the other hand, I think we're also not getting absorbed in it that far. I think, you know, we are all are we are also grounded in reality and, you know, discussion for another podcast, but it takes very few media surprises and TV shows and books and such to make me feel that much emotion. Mm-hmm. Was Logan Roy's death to that level? No, it was still shocking, but like, yeah, like I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, at least I myself was just like, well, I'm not going to call in sick to work. <laughs> I'm not going to call in on Monday because, you know, like family member died, you know, it's like, so, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's still kind of that. Yeah grasp of reality that like hey buckle up i reckon the next episode you know it's basically going to be the recovery episode where it's like okay we need like that actual chance for these characters to grieve and then carry on with their nonsense because these are at the end of the day very vacuous soulless rich kids that are also narcissists and the show goes on at least for six more episodes after that and then things will ratchet up again and then before you know it it'll be the se- the series finale and it'll be a matter of okay how how could that be spoiled and what do people do to not be and again it's it's sometimes hard to do in a world where you are so interconnected because of technology and at, but at the same time you're at you're at the mercy of whatever your schedule warrants so if you're at work and the episode happens, the best you can do is, you know, record it or watch it on streaming. And then once you're off work, immediately go straight home, stay awake for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then watch it. And then you're good. Or do what I did with uh, Rise of Skywalker and just avoid social media altogether. But um, Avoid the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs>
if anything, it just gave me a chance to rethink how I'm going to handle the finale uh, in a little over a month's time. So might have to watch that in person. You'll be fine. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> let, me, let me just. I gotta check, and then this will be the final note of the episode. So one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll be in Mexico when the series finale hits. <laughs> I won't, so I won't you're not going to be able promise. to. So you're not going to be able to enjoy it then. So well, it means one of two things. It either means I will potentially, and it means I need to double check to make sure HBO Max is available in Mexico. But you're gonna have to watch it in Spanish. That's fine. Um, but hey, you know what? My laptop will be with me. So anyway, listeners, SuckCon 2023. Stay off Twitter. Not even just Twitter, just yeah, stay off the LA yeah. Times website. Yeah. Just just log off. Mars on Life is a podcast co-hosted by Sebastian Shug, Ryan Mancini, Andrew Martinez, and Matt Fernandez. If you like this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows, as Mars on Life is available on Anchor, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Audible, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podchaser. Find us on Instagram at Mars on Life Show to keep up with the latest news, episodes, and gratuitous updates on the Red Planet. Have a question, comment, or request? Email us at marsonlife at gmail.com and we'll promptly get back to you. This show's artwork, titled Happy Mars, was drawn by Zachary Urbrick. Our show's regular intro and outro music is Space Explorers by the one and only Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening, and always remember, if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars.